You're listening to Beyond Her Grind, the podcast that gets at the root of what motivates women of color to want more in their careers. I'm your host, Esther Leonard, a career development professional, aspiring entrepreneur, and fellow grinder. Stay updated with weekly episodes by subscribing to this podcast, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Beyond Her Grind. And check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. Let's get to the root of it. So welcome to another episode of Beyond Her Grind. I am super excited about this episode. I am joined by my guest, Andrea Calaorano, and she is an EHS advisor at the U.S. Compliance. And she'll talk a little bit more about what she does. But today we're going to talk about being an underrepresented member of a field. We're talking about STEM particularly. So for those of you all who don't understand or know what STEM stands for, um, STEM stands for uh, science, technology, uh, engineering, and mathematics. So as you all know, there is a smaller proportion of women in, in STEM, and particularly an even smaller proportion of women of color. And Andrea is going to talk about her experiences, um, particularly in public health, and um, you know, experiences being uh, Latina in this field. So thank you so much, Andrea, for joining. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to, you know, talk to you and try to spread a little bit of what I'm doing so we can, you know, encourage people to, to get into the field because we need what move, uh, more women in uh, this field. Yes. So that's important. It is. It's very, very important. So I always like to start off asking the question, who is Andrea, right? Because I think that knowing who you are, sharing a little bit about who you are can give listeners an idea of why do you even do what you do, right? And uh, I think in career development, we do a lot about self-discovery, uh, your background, your identity, and how that shapes you and shapes your experiences. So tell me a little bit about who is Andrea and how has your background, your culture, your identity shaped you? Oh, yeah, that's a really interesting question. So I'm going to go back uh, through the time. <laughs> so um, I'm an Ecuadorian. I'm 29 years old. And I uh, traveled to the U.S. around four years ago to study my master's. Um, I have my background in biological sciences. Uh, I finished my degree in Ecuador at the Universidad San Francisco de Quito in biotechnological processes engineering. So this one is more about, you know, playing with genes and getting more like uh, into the whole research of how to do things and how actually life works. So I was really interested uh, in always, you know, pursuing sciences and, and trying to help the community. But then when I was trying to look for a master's, I remember that I was trying to do more, right? Because I was feeling that I don't want to be the type of person of just sitting in the lab the whole time and not doing anything for the community. Like just writing papers, of course, I, I understand it's really important because that's how we show research. But I was trying to be more hands-on. 
So I was, you know, just searching and then I find a master's in public health. I found public health. Mm. I was super interested in that. So I started, you know, doing some research of what is exactly what I want to do with public health. And public health is a huge field where you have a lot of different options to do. So I feel like it was a great opportunity for me. So I decided to apply to uh, a master's program in the U.S. So that was uh, the first biggest step that I think that I, I decided for me and myself, uh, besides, you know, the, the other uh, degree. And I moved to the U.S. in December 27, no, 2016 to start my program in the uh, spring semester of 2017. Um, since then, I was, you know, working, doing more, more work. I did my master's in public health in the University of Illinois at Chicago. And I really like it because um, it shows us different uh, spectrums or communities working for the communities around the Chicagoland area. And uh, yeah, this program has different options, right? Like divisions. I did my environmental and occupational health and some of the uh, some of um, global health. So uh, the, the two concentrations uh, and getting into more like classes epidemiology and, and stuff just to, to get like a better idea of what I want, want to do in the future. Um, I finished my master's in 2018, I think, December. And I started working for US compliance uh, on 2019, uh, in February of 2019. I'm doing uh, environmental and occupational health, but as an advisor, which is just uh, compliance, trying to help different uh, industries. Right now, we have a lot of general industries, some food industries, a little bit about healthcare uh, labs to work on, helping them to be in compliance. Uh, with, we are doing more uh, safety in OSHA standards and EPA, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency in the U.S., um, but what I really like about that is that um, I can work with my community, especially Latinos, because I'm, uh, my goal here is to work uh, doing Spanish and English. So I do some trainings in Spanish. So I, I, I have the, the opportunity to talk with people in our native language. So that's good. Uh, and I feel that I'm trying at least to help them, you know, being safe and and avoiding bad accidents are there at their places where they are working. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I I loved hearing your story. And also I'm I'm curious to hear a little bit about studying biological sciences in Ecuador. Do you, would mm -hmm. you say that it, even in Ecuador it's a predominantly male field? Uh, actually that yes. So um, at the beginning, I was doing biology uh, because mine is like a combination between industrial engineering and biology, which is like bio, the biotech part of, of the field. Mm. So, yes, my whole life I was, you know, with most of guys. Uh, but in biology, it's interesting because you have a lot of, uh, of females. My, I remember mm. that my generation, we have like maybe three or four guys and then all of us females. So I think that we are... But back then, you know, it was kind of hard to find a lot of females doing biology. 
Mm. But in, in, this is in the biology field. But if you are, uh, if we are talking about the engineering field, like civil engineering, electrical engineering, industrial engineering, you have a lot of guys, and then you have like right. two females in the whole class. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because now, now that I think about it, there are a lot of women who go into nursing as well, and even probably even public health to a certain degree. Um, yeah. There, mm-hmm. there are a lot of women that go into those fields. So. I know you started telling me um, about your role at, at the U.S. Compliance. Uh, before I go into that, I'm going to kind of skip over one of the questions and just go dive into what attracted you to the STEM field, right? Mm-hmm. And because um, I know you said that you like sciences and then also that you want to help the community. What yeah. other things were really attracting you Um and you can go as far back as possible from childhood or whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's interesting because I remember when I was little, like a, a little kid, and I was really interested. Uh, I remember back then when I was in middle school, my favorite subject was science, especially mm. uh, we have something in, in Ecuador. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure, of course, uh, how the, the distribution of subjects are here in the U.S., but we have something that is called uh, Ciencias Naturales, which is like natural sciences, like everything that is related to environmental environment. Mm-hmm. And then they divided like social sciences in another uh, degree. So um, I was really interested in that subject because I feel like that if you know a little bit about that, I was learning like, oh yeah, I have this baby, I don't know, this puppy here, but then it's going to grow up. But what happened? Like why it's changing so much and why I'm so little right now. And then we have these huge people after that, like what is going on inside (laughs) of us that is making those changes, you know? And I feel like I was super curious. And in Ecuador, you have uh, different, you know, I was, um, um, involved and, and related with different uh, ways of, you know, we have all this ecosystem and then you, you drove and then you have the other one. So where it's cold, where it's hot, we don't have snow there. But it was so interesting to see that uh, even though you have like plants, but they are different in a way. So I was super interested on that. And then growing up uh, when I was in high school, I started with the actually biology subjects in school. And I was super interested, especially, you know, genetics, uh, having these different syndromes, like how the DNA works. It was really interesting. Like literally what I think is that if you know biology, you understand a little bit better of how actually we are here and, you know, why we are here and and try to play a, a good uh, example and try to be in harmony between humans, animals and, and, and plants. So it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I love hearing about the those first initial peaks of interest and how that grows and how that connects to what you want to do because you you uh, do things with environmental health, right? And so that's yeah. that's really interesting to hear. So let's go into more uh, specifics of your current role. I know you were talking about. Um, some of the compliance you do in terms of food uh, and lab. Can you can you walk mm-hmm. us through what a typical day or week is in your role and the impact of what you do? Yeah, <laughs> this is this is interesting because uh, we are super busy all the time. 
since mm -hmm. we have uh, different clients, like I have to drive from, from I have the, the farthest that I have to drive is to Ralford because I have some clients right there. So usually my day is started super early in the morning. Um, I drove um, to a place and then I need to, you know, get ready. I have some meetings with management to kind of like explain what is uh, the agenda of the day. Mm -hmm. um, we do, we do some walkthroughs and coaching, um, just looking at it, right? If we have different, dependent of the facility, we do some walkthroughs, checking uh, some of the equipment, how they are working in terms of ergonomics, personal protective equipment. We actually help a lot right now with COVID, with the COVID situation, trying to right. create programs and develop protocols to and SOPs to, to avoid outbreaks in, uh, in, within the, the facilities. So we were doing those assessments and then we train, right? We have different topics. I coach people. I, it's like a classroom training where I teach people how to, you know, uh, be, be able to prevent uh, labor pathogens or hazard communication, with, which is uh, basically if you're uh, working with chemicals, what are the hazards, how you have to control, how you have to protect yourself and the way of these chemicals that can attack your body and how to prevent that. So that's part of the training session. And then we develop some programs uh, to, to make sure that they are in compliance. And of course, during the walkthroughs, if something is not, not great, we kind of like take the pictures, show the people and make sure that we are targeting that and fix the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. So I know you're talking about uh, how your role in mitigating the spread of COVID Mm -hmm. Is that where some of your interest in epi epidemiology comes through? Whereas it's like, or, or do you do other things related to that? Right now in my current position, uh, we were not before COVID, we were not doing more like the epi section of, of the public health that, that I am interested in. Uh, but after COVID, it was like, it was so different now, you know, people People actually care more about, you know, the epidemiology and the part of the community health. Um, so, yes, you're right. So basically, I remember uh, that I, I'm interested in the whole biosafety, right? Biosafety yeah. and, the, and the whole uh, educational proper purposes uh, of, of targeting people and making sure that they are not infected in here, right? Uh, it's been it's been a challenge. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. It's been a challenge because we have some people um, that just don't want to wear the mask or or don't get the idea, right? But we yeah. are here to help. We are here to coach. So yeah, I, I got the opportunity to apply a little bit about the epidemiology. It's not like uh, the research behind it where you are actually taking the samples and doing the statistics. But it's more uh, avoiding the outbreak within the facility. So we do more like an assessment of the hazard inside the facility, like, oh, the social distancing. What are the chemicals that they are using for decontamination? Uh, what is the process? Uh, like what type of engineering controls we want to create to avoid people getting closer to each other? Uh, those type of protocols, that's the part that we are doing in terms of COVID uh, for, to help our clients right there. Right, right, mm -hmm. and 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 for listeners, I think you you mentioned Rockport, but I I have listeners from actually all over the world. So Rockport yeah. is in the, is Illinois. So I'm assuming from where we from where you live, it's it's probably a distance from where you live in Illinois. So. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, yeah, that was an ex- an example. So we, yeah. we actually, you know, drive around Illinois, which is like the Midwest in the U.S. But oh. uh, yeah, and then I have to travel, take some flights to um, Miami, Orlando, LA. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it's around. Right now, our main focus is the U.S. We have some clients in Canada and Mexico, but mostly our, our market is the U.S. for now. Yeah, yeah. wow, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, to hear about, I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you do stuff in relation to the opioid crisis. crises. Is that with this role or is that with um, other things that you've done? No. Um, so this role, it's, it's a little bit different from everything that I've been doing because literally I'm, I'm hands-on into, into what is going on behind the research, right? Yeah. Um, when I moved to the U.S., it was super curious to see, and, and I remember in my classes, we were always talking about the opioid epidemic and how that is a huge problem in public health. Right. So I was really interested in that, and I make some some research uh, on my capstone, um, which is the final project when you are doing a master's degree. So I did some research uh, comparing the opioid epidemic, in, not in just in the U.S., but in the Americas. And, and it's interesting because um, it's been a huge problem right now to deal with it um, because we have a lot of people dying from the problem. Um, right. So that's why we were we were kind of like interested in that, taking some data uh, from the hospitals, from other services, health healthcare facilities, which they have, you know, all the information of all the people that got into um, their uh, facilities with this type of problems. So we gathered that and we kind of like ran some stats on that to just get like some numbers. But uh, I wish I can do more on that, right? Because yeah. right now we're just showing the numbers, but actually the programs, it's what right now we need to make mm-hmm. sure that we are reducing the, the people dying and being affected by that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. I. You're doing a lot of work and I'm, I'm really grateful for the work that you do. I think a lot of times when we think about service and making sure that we're all staying self, um, safe and healthy, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, roles, people like you who are, who are in these roles that are making sure that the right protocols are in place is really helping our society. So I definitely appreciate that. So I really want to get into, sorry, were you going to say something? No, that I agree with you. And, and even though it's a little bit different from the whole part of like research and lab, I feel like, as you said, uh, at the end of the day, if, if I can put something in their minds, like, oh, I should be careful, I should do this, I should do this, or teach their kids too, because I, I sometimes I use examples of our regular lives. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of like made it more like personal for them. And, and if someone says, thank you, I really understand. And I appreciate that you are telling me this in Spanish. Um, that's a really good feeling, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Empowering your communities. I think that that's important. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about navigating this field as a woman, right? And mm-hmm. as a Latina, if you can share your experience as a whole, right, mm-hmm. um, both uh, challenges that you faced that were unique and how you overcame it, and as well as the the, the good parts of it as well. Yeah. Um, yes. So 
I feel like it, it's hard and, and I'm not going to lie. I feel like we all, you know, part of the minority group, like as females and young female too. It's mm. hard, especially when you are doing this type of field where you have a lot of guys, like old white guys, uh, most of the time. It's challenging and sometimes you feel it, right? Sometimes people tend to, tend to uh, avoid confrontation, but they don't want to listen to you just because oh you're a female you're latina uh i'm super older than you maybe i'm like i'm double your age or something so it, that's the challenge but yeah. i feel like uh my my job uh is always doing a great job by coaching us because we have um we have a couple so in in the illinois market we are just three females in my whole company right wow. so still it, it's it's yeah we are in the Illinois market I think we are about between 12 and 20 advisors but we have just three four three three females three four because we hire a new new girl now but it's a lot of you know it's just four mm-hmm. but but we tend to help each other and and in the upper management we have um great uh, professionals, industrial hygienists that kind of like spread uh, their advice and some some of their wisdom of, oh, if you are, if you feel that you're, com- I think that communication and how you present yourself to others is the clue. Because if you are showing the, them uh, that you are a little bit nervous, uh, especially guys, they will, you know, <laughs> It will be hard. It will be hard. <laughs> but if you are presenting yourself as someone that is confident, like, yeah, you have to do this. I, even though I'm young, I'm a female, I'm Latina. Uh, I know what I'm doing, right? It's like, yes. And if you don't know something, don't, of course, you don't want to tell that, oh, I don't know. But it's like, oh, let me get back to you. Let me do some research on that to double check that, because I don't want to give you the wrong information. But but just show that you're confident because if you are showing that you're a little bit nervous, then people will not, I, I feel that people will not be taking uh, you as a serious person. That That's what I think. So mm. I feel that sometimes I, I think that like that, that I'm always saying like fake it until you make it. Of course, not like <laughs> in a bad way, not in a bad way, but to learn, right? Because at the end of the day, I feel like you will be learning from their experience too. So, you know, just be willing to to learn and, and to be confident because yeah, we are we are all strong females, right? We we we're smart, we can we can do it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm also glad you brought up age because I think age discrimination is real. It's usually when we talk about age discrimination in the US uh, in society, it's usually mm-hmm. towards older the older population, which is real. It there is yeah. real age communi- uh, age discrimination. However, there's also on the reverse side, I know people come up with like, oh reverse racism and this and that. Like what I'm talking about is different. It's like um belittling someone because they're younger than them. Um, this sort of air of the, the person just because they're younger doesn't know stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's yeah. a real thing that a lot of people face. And then when you add gender and add race, you know, that could be a very stressful environment. Um, or ch- it can make certain situations pretty challenging as well yes exactly and especially when you have these these people that I I feel and I what I have you know being experiencing is that sometimes like the older people are 
a little bit hard because they, they have been doing their things for many years. And according to them, nothing has been happening. So the young ladies calling them out like, no, this is not the right thing to do, you know? And that's what they don't like. But as I said, like, you need to, you need to be careful. Like, I think that from, from experience, you have to just be there to kind of like learn uh, how to communicate and use some clue words to make sure that they are not, you know, taking things personal because that's another issue. But, uh, but as, as you said, um, it, the huge age is is a huge problem here. Not not just in my field, but if you're like even uh you know uh in the hospital, and you have like this young lady trying to like treat you and 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 help you, you're like oh I'm not sure. I think that I'm older than this lady. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure if I should like trust the person, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you said that. It's not only in fields because this comes up actually in in my field. So we train some students, graduate students and uh, undergraduate students on mm -hmm. resumes. And so yeah. they're trained by us. <laughs> and so yeah. sometimes older, we, are, we do see alumni and most of the time we send the alumni to the, us because we're, we're the career counselors and career coaches. But there have been times where even, actually one of our coworkers, who's, she's one of our younger coworkers, um, she dealt with a few alumni who are like, you don't know what you're talking about, but she's been, she's work, she works here and she's been trained by some of the career counselors that are here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, I think, like you said, it's communicating, trying to understand other people's perspective um, and see yeah. why they may feel that way, but then also still asserting yourself because I think sometimes it could be, uh, it can hit your confidence when you're, running into people who are disregarding your expertise and knowledge. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. it's really about check, reminding yourself, <laughs> like, I'm worth this. I studied, I have this knowledge. This is, this is this person's issue. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It, it's hard, but because sometimes, yeah. I mean, it, it's super hard to kind of like have a limit between uh, the career, like your professional and your, your, yourself your emotions yeah. because sometimes we tend to like put things like in in this line where you take everything personal right right um and it's hard because I wish that we can learn that uh when we are at school like um how to be be you know dividing this because yes human beings we tend to be and we are emotional beings right right so so it's 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 hard um sometimes yeah you just you just need to keep going sometimes it's going to be super frustrating um but you need to talk with someone right <laughs> to to kind of like bend and and try to to get get yeah. going but but yeah keep learning keep keep improving uh and yeah, that's, that's why we are here, right? To show yeah. that we can, I mean, we have to work together. It's going to be a little bit hard. Hopefully one day uh, we will reach the equality that we want. But for now, we, we need to be together and understand each other, right? That's that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, that is the goal. Um, before I go into the next question, because I think this is a, such a great conversation. <laughs> it just reminded me, uh, I interviewed a, a co-CEO and founder of this organization called She Geeks Out Plus. And basically mm -hmm. it's an organization where they, it started off with creating communities for women in tech. 
And then it kind of flourished into this DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion type of organization where they go to companies around the country or around the world and talk about, facilitate these discussions on DEI. And she was talking about like also picking your battles, right? There are going to be some cases Mm -hmm. Because you're a woman, because you're a person of color or yeah. from certain a certain minority group in which you do, you may feel like you have to say something and address it. But then there mm-hmm. are other times where it's not safe for you, whether if it's not safe for you because you may lose your job or it might be safe, unsafe emotionally for you, right? Picking your, exactly. your mm-hmm. battles. So I think that's interesting that we're having this conversation and it, it comes up right it, that's you have to make that decision. How do you find ways to not make it personal, even though we're emotional be- beings? Yeah, and, th- and that's hard, right? Uh, yeah. I, but I think that we have to keep learning. Uh, yeah, and and learn how to read the the room, right? How to how because if if we are better at that, then maybe I mean the world will be better, right? <laughs> but yeah. um, that that's the thing that I try to be more compassionate to others, right? Because yeah. even though maybe uh, someone is suffering for something, you don't have to judge because that that's the, that's the deal, right? Try to try to be more passionate, but compassionate with, with others to make sure that that we are validating their feelings, right? And that's been a problem right now. It's super sad what it's been going on uh, these years, but yeah, we have to just we have to just be you know together, and somehow we will we will handle this. Yeah, yeah. So I I have a question. How do you or or whether how do you? I know you kind of touched on this a little bit with the few women who are in your department, but how do you or how would you encourage women of color to build community when they are working in underrepresented fields? Yeah, so it's it's super interesting because I mean, even though here uh, in the in Illinois we have just four, but uh, my company is maybe ninety percent, eighty percent white. So mm. so it's been it's been a struggle yeah. um, to 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 you know be a female uh, of the minority group. Uh, plus, uh, if you if I can put like the age and and the language sometimes. Right. It's, it's, it's a challenge sometimes, but I'm glad that the, the females that I have around uh, in my life, not just in, in my work, uh, it, it's, been, it's been great. I feel like if you have really a strong uh, core system that is going to help you through it, where you're going, to, um, you're going to have bad days, right? But if you have someone that is trying to give you the positive energy, and I feel like in my, in my life, I've been uh, glad to have really strong women where are, are setting the example that uh, we can do stuff, right? It's not that just because you're a female uh, in the minority group, you, you, can, you cannot do stuff. And in my job, I have, I have these this amazing women too that, that we have a group uh, just for females to, to, you know, share the stories of what is going on. Uh, and if something is bad, you know, my, my company will be, you know, talking to the management and, and the people from, you know, the other uh, clients that we have to make sure that if something is wrong and you're uh, suffering from any type of harassment or something, it might stop. Thank God we haven't had that issue. 
but we talk about it, right? It, yeah. Um, to to avoid those those type of situations, so they are really proactive of, on listening instead of being like, oh yeah, you have to stop because uh, otherwise you will lo- lose your job. They are like, okay, are you good? What is going on? Trying to always make sure that you're you're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds yeah, it sounds like finding community, like being intentional about finding groups of mm-hmm. other women or other women of color, so that you can share this information because I know that's what's something that I've done I mean I work in higher ed which is more diverse than it sounds than your program but it's still predominantly white and there are also Mm -hmm. remember there's also certain underrepresented communities like black and latina right as in terms Mm -hmm. of when you look at professors or even on staff um and so I know I'm, I'm part of the woman of color circle and I think that's been really powerful for me to yeah. talk to other people who are in higher ed who are struggling, right? Mm-hmm. Or and also triumphs too, right? And then also when things are going on, when things are going on like the George Floyd trial, someone to just <laughs> talk to, I think that's pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, I feel I feel like sometimes even if we don't see it, just talking about an issue will help you a lot. Maybe uh-huh. you're struggling with something and you feel that, there is no way out, but if we have someone or, or a community, right, a group of people, a group of females that understand where are you coming from and, and, and have some advice for you, um, that will be helpful, especially mm-hmm. with younger generations, right? People that uh, wants to pursue science, engineering, but they are afraid, oh, because no, I'm Latino, or I'm, I'm Black, I'm, and, and, you know, the challenge is there, and they are scared and afraid, but we want to build this to to get the, the idea of it's it's going to be hard, but we can do it. You can do yeah. it. If someone, I'm always saying like, if someone in the world and as a female is 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 have have done it, that means that we all can do it. But we need to, you know, just work hard to to reach to that point. But I feel like right now, um, a lot of things have changed from the past. Right now, you know, the mentality finally it's kind of like changing and switching to the I hope the the right position. Um, but yeah, having communities that that are there to just sit and listen and and what you're doing actually it's perfect, right? I mean, even though we cannot like. Um, see each other or or have a, a personal uh you know connection but you know listening to other experiences that works that works a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I i love what you said in a sense that like if another woman could do it then i can do it too right that that's mm-hmm. why representation is so powerful that's what we've been talking about over and over in our society that it's super powerful to see other people that look like you or who are similar to you in, in whatever forms of identity that you have in those places. And also to serve as a mentor in some cases. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. I feel like mentoring someone, especially a younger generation where they don't know what to do uh, and they feel like, you know, lost sometimes in the sense of uh, they, they want to do stuff, but they are not sure how to reach the point. I feel like if you have a mentor that helps, that that's going to help a lot, uh, that, that, that young lady in this case. Um, so, yeah, hopefully one day we will be able to, to get better uh, at that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So I only have two more questions for you. This has been great. Yeah, um, yeah it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say has been your biggest success? Uh, my biggest success. That's, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like in, I can describe myself as being a someone that, uh, and actually I have been, you know, talking about this with my therapist, uh, but not, I, I don't see it, uh, and, and analyze and be like, oh, this is what I've done is like, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Yeah. But one of the things that I'm super proud of is just the fact that I uh, removed myself from the comfort zone, you know, by staying in Ecuador, staying with, with people that has my same culture, my same language. Just by the fact that I jump in into, into this new adventure, I feel like I'm, I'm really, really uh, grateful because I'm, I'm trying to pursue my dreams uh, in a society that is uh, somehow a little bit different uh, with different language uh, barrier too. But I, I feel uh, that that's the main thing that I will be always proud because I'm working for my community, helping them and, and trying to, to build this, this uh, group to, to mentor people or to just talk about uh, things, right, to, to make sure that hopefully uh, one person, uh, if I reach one person with the whole ideas, uh, then that's, that's, that's good. I'm good. At least yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that is, that's a great success. You take a risk and move to a different country, right? Different mm -hmm. culture, different place. Yeah, that's definitely a form of success. And I'm glad that, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of therapy too. I've done therapy as well. Mm -hmm. It's great. <laughs> and, and this yeah. is all, every woman of color who is listening, I definitely encourage you to have it, yeah. done it, definitely mm -hmm. do it. But yeah, reflecting, I think also I'm thinking of career development, salary negotiation, like we as mm -hmm. women don't always reflect on our successes and our accomplishments yeah. and then articulate that when we really need to, right? When we, we're asking for more money or whatever it may be. Uh, so I think it's always good to do that. Yes, and that's a fact. And, and actually, that's one of the things that I'm super glad of, you know, that the job that you do, that Liz uh, uh, does, which it was my, my career coach too, yeah. Um it's good because, I mean, they help you, right? You guys are helping people like, okay, young professionals to go into the field, especially females, right? Because mm -hmm. there is a lot of research and statistics that shows that we tend to, you know, uh, don't sell ourselves like guys, like 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 men. They can be like, yeah, I can do anything. Yeah, it's okay. But, but females, we are more like, I don't know, like a little bit more shy, I guess, to ask uh, for a raise of salary or or to talk about uh, our, our successes right yeah. um, so so that's something that we want to we want to learn and I'm glad because I feel like I learned a lot with with the the coach that I had back um, at UIC because it was really really interesting on how you know to build a network how to create your LinkedIn profile, how to talk uh, with uh, in your interviews, how to answer the questions, you know, all of these things were really useful uh, when I was trying to find a job. Yeah, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it, it is very, very valuable. 
yeah. tools to have in your toolbox. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So final question. What sure. advice would you give a young woman, particularly, well, it could be a young Latina who's like, I want to mm-hmm. go into science or woman of color. Mm-hmm. And they're nervous. They're afraid. They don't see anybody that looks like them. What pieces of advice would you share? Yeah. So the most important one, it's, it's okay not to, you know, to be, to be scared. Uh, that's, that's normal. We are all scared. Uh, we are, uh, but the, the clue here is to just uh, get your goal set, right? Get your mindset and just keep going. Sometimes life is not going to be like the perfect, like a straight line where you have the end and the start and that's it, uh, where, where you are going to be able to just do it. It's more like a roller coaster, right? So just, you know, keep focusing on that. It, the, sometimes it will be hard, but if you're focused and you, you talk and you uh, ask for help, and you are willing to learn what people are going to, you know, coach you or teach you, that's it. You know, just keep fighting. Um, don't be afraid of, of uh, go out of your comfort zone. At the beginning, it's going to be challenging and scary, but it will be totally worth it. So, yeah, um, don't don't be afraid of asking for help. That's, that's the clue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. I like how you mentioned, like, fear is normal. Because yeah. it makes me think of, I really like this quote. It's, it's this quote by Isabel Allende. She's an author. Mm-hmm. And she has a quote that says, fear is inevitable. Don't let it paralyze you. I'm like, that is so powerful. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just because you are scared or afraid, that doesn't mean that you cannot do it. Right. If you have an example of just one person, like, 10% of females are reaching out. And, and now I'm so glad that we have this incredible female as the uh, vice president of the United States. Yes. That's, that's going to set a, a huge example of people, you know, of us, females of color, uh, but because we have the representation there. So we can do it. It's yep. hard, but we can. Yes. We can. Great way to end it. Thank you again, Andrea. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed this conversation. (laughs) And it was interesting. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And once again, I mean, keep going. Like your job is really, really important to try to mentor and, and coach and kind of like help people that that doesn't know how to, you know, sell. Uh, in quotation marks themselves until they they are you know trying to find a job so the market is scary but thanks to you and people that do these things to coach people um things at least it's a little bit less scary and and easier yeah thank you i Mm -hmm. appreciate that just a reminder follow me on instagram at beyond her grind And check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. I'd love to hear your feedback so that I can continue to produce more amazing content in the future. Thanks so much and talk to you all next week.